Millions of lives lost in pandemic mainly from pharma government nexus, says critical care expert. Dr. Pierre Corey, a pulmonary and critical care medicine specialist, is blaming the nexus between the pharma industry and the government along with corrupt medical journals for deceiving the public about COVID-19 and vaccines, which resulted in millions of lives lost. I always knew pharma was bad. I didn't understand that they are literally a criminal syndicate who have been committing crimes for decades. They pay fines, then move on and continue their standard operating business, Corey said in an April 28 interview with Epic TV's American Thought Leaders program. When it came to government, I wasn't aware of how corporations have literally taken over almost all the agencies of government. The response to COVID was controlled and conducted by the pharmaceutical industry, with probably even bigger powers behind them. To understand how the pharma industry's propaganda works, Corey claims to have looked at three years of every policy issued by government agencies. All you had to ask yourself was, what would a pharmaceutical company want? Voila, there was your policy. Every single policy was in line with serving the interests of a pharmaceutical company, he said. Guess what that brought us? It brought us multiple humanitarian catastrophes, millions of lives lost from the suppression of early treatment, millions of people dead around the world from the vaccines, and now epidemics of vaccine injury and long COVID with very little treatment. Ultimately, it was a war of information. All of the destruction was about information and how it was controlled. I was already transformed before the Twitter files. The Twitter files are just absolutely astonishing. Government intelligence agencies and health agencies were literally controlling Twitter and what was showing up on Twitter, he said. In a March 17 expose, investigative journalist Matt Taibai revealed the alleged collusion between Stanford University's Virality Project and Twitter to censor what they deemed to be misinformation about COVID-19 vaccines. VP is also said to have colluded with the American government. Though the Virality Project reviewed content on a mass scale for Twitter, Google-slash-YouTube, Facebook-slash-Instagram, Medium, TikTok, and Pinterest, it knowingly targeted true material and legitimate political opinion, while often being factually wrong itself, Taibai said on Twitter. The initiative accelerated the evolution of digital censorship, moving it from judging truth-slash-untruth to a new, scarier model, openly focused on political narrative at the expense of fact. Compromised Media and Medical Journals According to Corey, corporations are funding media agencies to promote vaccine campaigns and censor any information that would raise the levels of vaccine hesitancy among people. It's almost like you're watching a military operation, and they're using all of the institutions of society. I saw a global propaganda and censorship campaign which made the world go mad, he said. I saw them do things with this blanket of propaganda and censorship, like mandating these vaccines for young children, who had basically zero risk of anything serious happening to them from COVID. They mandated these vaccines and people lost their jobs. They were victimized and vilified for being unvaccinated, along with those who were adjacent to them. If you were anywhere near an unvaccinated person, you still got attacked. The most absurd thing was the people who got vaccinated and then got injured. 
Another tactic the media used was fearmongering. The fear and dangers of COVID were constantly propagated, Corey said. It was a war where the voices of truth and sanity were getting drowned out by lies that were told for different objectives. The CEO of Moderna has $4 billion wealth. The pharmaceutical companies made tens to hundreds of billions with this massive transfer of wealth. It has been a really difficult three years. Corey also highlighted the role played by medical journals during the pandemic. The high-impact medical journals played a massive role in the human toll of COVID by censoring positive studies of repurposed drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, he noted. They published clearly fraudulent trials that were designed to fail. To show that ivermectin didn't work, and to show that hydroxychloroquine didn't work. They also manipulated trials showing the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. Remember 95% effective, then to 70, 50, 30%? Then, they said, okay. It doesn't work for transmission, but it still protects against hospitalization and death. The reality is that nothing was ever true, and they were just shifting their stories. According to Corey, the propaganda and censorship carried out by high-impact medical journals have been so massive that he is unable to trust them. When I read a study, the first thing I read now is about the conflicts of interest. That's all you have to read. Once you read a study and you see that they have numerous conflicts of interest with the actual molecule or compound or medicine that's being studied, you cannot trust that paper, Corey said. It may be true. It may not be true. But I refuse to act on a paper whose conclusions were reached by investigators who have direct conflicts of interest with their findings. There's no more objectivity. War on repurposed drugs. Corey also insists that there is a war against repurposed drugs. He pointed out that when the National Institutes of Health finally decided to conduct a large randomized controlled trial on ivermectin, the individual they chose as its principal investigator was a woman from Duke who they gave a $140 million grant to, who has stock in a competitor to ivermectin. She has conflicts of interest with Gilead Sciences, who manufactures Remdesivir. She's got a long rap sheet of pharmaceutical industry influences, as does almost every other investigator on that trial. What are they studying? They're studying a drug that would decimate the COVID market for every single one of those pharmaceutical companies. Can anyone actually believe they're going to lead to anything but a predetermined result? Corey claims to have a collection of a large number of rejection letters from medical journals that were sent to investigators who had conducted good randomized controlled trials, showing phenomenal benefits of ivermectin. The rejection letters were all the same, I'm sorry, this topic is not of sufficient interest to our readers at this time, Corey said. You either want to laugh at that or cry because in the middle of a global pandemic with people dying across the world, they said that a positive trial of ivermectin was not of sufficient interest to their readership. This is how it's done. Corey talked about reading an article sent by one of his colleagues that finally made him understand how the pharma industry and propaganda work to manipulate the world. It's a short and very powerful article, and they outlined each tactic. I said, wait. I've seen this. I've seen that. They did this yesterday. They did that to me two days ago. 
This is what they're doing to the FLCCC. It was almost like getting the teacher's addition to the world. Suddenly, it was like a light went on. I said, that's what is happening. The FLCCC and I have launched ourselves into the middle of a decades-long war on repurposed drugs. This is not about ivermectin and it's not about hydroxychloroquine, he said. The disinformation has been going on for a long time. Multiple studies have been done on ivermectin's impact on COVID-19. A study from 2020 led by the Monash Biomedicine Discovery Institute had shown that a single dose of ivermectin could stop the COVID-19 virus from growing in cell culture. Even a single dose could essentially remove all viral RNA by 48 hours and that even at 24 hours there was a really significant reduction in it, Monash Biomedicine Discovery Institute's Dr. Kylie Wagstaff said at the time. In 2021, government from the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh claimed that the use of ivermectin allowed them to maintain a lower fatality as well as positivity rate amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Global cover-up exposed, pharma-military links. The scale helped expose it, Corey said while talking about the global COVID-19 propaganda, but also the fact that it failed. You could see that it failed early on, and how much they had to do to hide that. If it had been a success, it would not have exposed anything. In fact, it would have entrenched it even more. You saw a failed medical experiment being covered up on a global scale. It was the cover-up. There is the old adage, it's not the crime that gets you in trouble, it's the cover-up. It was the fact that they had to cover up a global catastrophe, and there's no way to do that. The truth is starting to come out now. You're starting to see more and more investigations. I wouldn't call them tribunals, but some of the state legislators are starting to look harder. Corey also highlighted the links between the American military and COVID-19 vaccines. Pharma was working for the military to make these vaccines, he said. The contracts were all from the Department of Defense. That was a Department of Defense contract. The Department of Defense did not do their due diligence in ensuring safety. The manufacturing of these products violated every CGMP standard, which is an FDA regulation. There's never been a product, even a baby seat, a car seat, a car, a can of peaches, nothing has had this level of adverse events reported, including deaths and the variation between lots. It was a manufacturing catastrophe. If the pharmaceutical industry was working correctly, those things would have been stopped and taken off the market immediately, Corey stated. But it was just an unrelenting push through the media, even the government and the Department of Defense. Corey compared the COVID-19 policies implemented in the country to some sort of military exercise. Let's say it was an accident and our government had been preparing for this massive countermeasure, and it really was the military that was employing a military countermeasure. That actually makes some sense, because when you see all of the medical ethics that were violated, that's telling you it's not healthcare. We still have a sense of ethics, and they forgot it overnight. It sounded like a military exercise, where you have to sacrifice 100 people to take that hill. The VAERS exploded, and with the amount of deaths that were reported within the first weeks, nobody looked at it. It was nothing but attacking Veers as a source of data, 
Nothing to see here. It was like the military seeing the battlefield strewn with soldiers and just moving ahead, you have to get your objective. The corporations benefited and profited greatly, but the conduct was like nothing we've ever seen before. Veer's deaths and adverse events. According to a December 22nd analysis published by the Epoch Times, a total of 909,868 adverse events were reported in the VR system related to all six COVID-19 vaccines in the United States as of December 9. This included 96,140 serious adverse events and 15,733 deaths. In contrast, total adverse events for major vaccines related to other diseases like seasonal flu, hepatitis B, HPV, measles, and polio only came to 380,490. There were 28,058 serious adverse events and 3,185 reported deaths. Documents disclosed in March showed that the number of vaccine injury reports that popped up after COVID-19 vaccination began exceeding the expectations of officials. The contractor hired to process reports to the VR system had only estimated a maximum of 1,000 reports per day as the worst-case scenario. However, this limit was broken in December 2020, less than three weeks after regulators greenlit COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna. By January 10, 2021, the number of daily reports exceeded 4,500. In February this year, Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ladapo claimed that there was a 4,400% jump in life-threatening conditions reported in the state with VIRS since the COVID-19 vaccine rollout.